Rostikoff, Phillies 24-7, coming on with me. I'm Spike Eskin. Uh, opening day, you know, what, 36? I don't, I don't know how to count the hours. It's just, I've been up for too long to count the, the hours. On Thursday, uh, I also do a show uh, with a fellow named Chris Johnson of Phillies 24-7. Phillies 24-7 is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week Phillies radio station that exists on HD Radio. And I know most people don't understand what HD Radio is, and I get if you don't, but you can get them. You can get HD Radio for like 60 bucks, right? And you can hear this radio station. We play you know replays of the Phillies games every day, so if you miss it at night, you can listen to it at 9 in the morning, and there's shows every day that you can't get anywhere else. So it's on uh, the way... Uh, I'm not going to go into the HD Radio thing, but if you, if, you have, if you have more questions about HD Radio, just email me. Get my email from the website. Um, I can't escape McNabb, so I might as well... Let's finish this. Let's 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 Sean. Let's let's take this Donovan McNabb issue and end it in Philadelphia tonight. Let's let's work through it and end it completely. Um, what do you got, man? Well, I, I think I may have I may have been uh, uh, misquoted uh, when I first called in. Uh, I'm kind of in defense of you. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, you yeah. weren't quoted either way. I just assumed. When I see oh, no. McNabb up on the, the screen, I just assume I'm going to get yelled at for it. No, go ahead. Yeah, no. But keep in mind, keep in mind, I, I lived in Philly for a while. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania now. Uh, maybe I have a little bit more of a neutral view. Uh, but uh, I guess to me, um, and, and if you're talking about right now, is Donovan McNabb still viable? Not really, uh, but but at the time when when the Eagles, I mean, from from a team that from the mid '90s, you know, whether whether you talk about how great our defense was or how from a team that just couldn't put anything together, uh, to a, to a team that was legitimately, whether it was ESPN or anyone else, putting together their top couple teams to make the Super Bowl every year, uh, with Donovan McNabb, we had that. Uh, and, and that was exciting. And 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 one thing I, I tell everybody is, there's one quarterback uh, that I compare Donovan McNabb to all the time, and it's Jim Kelly. Who, when you mention Jim Kelly uh, as a Hall of Fame candidate, no one really questions it. Right. They're kind of like, yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was there. And and you, you get a Don McNabb, and, and I don't have it in front of me, but I've compared the numbers side by side for a career, and they're pretty close. Like, I mean, there are yards, you know, you, you mentioned the touchdowns to interceptions. Uh, all those statistics are really, really close. Well, and I think what happens is, is the thing, the only thing with Donovan, the only contention I'll make, and I won't make, I won't disagree that he comes off as like a baby and a victim and all that stuff. His personality aside, we make this mistake that because he wasn't very good at the end of his career, it changes what he was at the middle of his career. And the middle of his career, if you remember, if you put your, your brain on back what, you know, back what we were saying as Eagles fans back then, it was like, well, we gotta get him some wide receivers. So, all those years that he was playing and he was doing everything on his own, he was throwing to James Thrash and Todd Pinkston, and they stunk. And these these wide receivers stunk year after year after year. And you have to give him some credit for for getting him to getting them to where he got. And no, did he put the team on his back and win the Super Bowl? No, but like you see guys that win Super Bowls circumstantially. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl circumstantially. He's a great quarterback and played terrible in the Super Bowl and wound up winning one. It just happened. Happens sometimes, and the fact that he didn't win it is is more a statement about circumstance than it is about him. I think. 
Right, and, and, and it's the kind of thing where when you spend a portion of your career talking about whether or not Billy McMullen is going to develop into what you thought he would be, yeah, uh, you know, he led NCAA and whatever. Like, when Billy McMullen is your big, is your big hypothetical at, at some point, um, but you look at his numbers when he had Terrell Owens. You look at his numbers for the half season before he got injured with Dante Stallworth. That year he had Dante Stallworth. At the end of the season, even having not played half the year, was still in the top ten in three or four of the of the judgmental quarterback categories. I mean, I mean he was putting together a year that was going to be unsurmassed, and, and it just didn't work out. Well, and that T.O. year, you look at back, I think his quarterback rating was like 105 or 108. There was a point where we, when we had that Michael Vick year two years ago, and we were all ooing and eyeing about how amazing his numbers were. You looked at his numbers, and his numbers were similar to what McNabb's were for that entire season. That thing that Vick did in 10 games, McNabb did in, you know, 15 or 14, however, if he didn't play the last game or the last two games, whatever it was, like... And then, like he, for a period of time, was that was that prototypic quarterback. Was the the thing that Vic didn't do. You know, he didn't learn how to throw and run when he was physically able. And Les Bowen made a really good point to me once. He said that once Donovan was no longer physically able to jump over people and get away from people, he lost a part of who he was and confidence, and he just was never the same after that. And you know that those injuries and and just getting older took its toll. And that's true. But for that that time and that period, he was great. And people, because he, they're, they're annoyed by him or because he wasn't good at the end, say, you know, he goes to Washington and he fails. And they're like, ha, 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 I told you. Well, that, it doesn't have anything to do with when he was 26 years old or when he was 27 years old. They're, they're different times. So, um, right. And, and, then, and that's, the, that's the kind of thing where, you know, I, and, and the guy before me that talked about him said about, how you know when you're able to you were there to see him play or you were there to see so and so play um i think donovan is going to be one of those guys that like i think he's going to need that time because i think those of us that saw him play with the exception of you and i apparently uh, <laughs> are going to judge him uh by what he is now yeah. uh, and not by what he was before and and on that line uh he mentioned heinz ward how he's going to need that time i kind of Disagree on that. I, I feel that Heinz Ward has more yards than a, than a Stallworth and a Lynn Swan. He has two Super Bowl rings and a Super Bowl MVP. Heinz Ward's numbers by themselves will probably put him in the Hall of Fame. Donovan McNabb, I, I think he's going to need those numbers to put him in the Hall of Fame because uh, I, I just think that somehow his image has been tainted somehow. Uh, and, and I'm not really sure where it went wrong. I'm not sure where everybody was for those six or seven years that we were all having a great time in Philadelphia, uh, but uh, I, I just think that that somehow he got he got kind of smothered, and and, I, and I'm really upset about it. But I want you to know that somebody's got your back. <laughs> we're out Thank here in Lancaster now, but we're we're rooting for you. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Hey, no, the, no the the thing is, is that. Um, you know, Lee always calls me an apologist, and that's what happens is when you defend him, you become a Donovan apologist. What happens with issues like this is that when one side goes so far to the other side, it happens with, with everything. It happens with uh, Ryan Howard's contract. It happens with Andre Godala. It happens with all of these topics that we talk about incessantly. We talk about so much that we both push each other to the edges. And what happens is that I think, I think people are so crazy negative about about him and so ridiculous about him that I end up having to go farther the other way 
or, or even sounding that way, even sounding like I'm going further the other way. I'm not an apologist. I mean, I don't, you know, I never babysat for the guy. I don't, I don't care. I don't have his jersey on my wall. I do have his helmet on my desk in my office, but I don't have his jersey on my wall. I just think he was good here. He was a good quarterback. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But don't ever forget that Brian Dawkins also didn't win the Super Bowl and Brian Westbrook didn't win the Super Bowl and uh, Jeremiah Trotter also didn't win the Super Bowl and Eric Allen. Did. There's so many guys here that didn't win the Super Bowl. So putting everything on this one dude is just seems crazy to me. Warren, you're on 94 WIP. This is going to be a WIP record for two pro Donovan calls. No, I'm um, going to get fired now. This is it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pulled I, you guys I mean, out of the woodwork. I, uh, I never. I mean, I grew up. I grew up in the area, so I grew up obviously a big Eagles fan. And one of the few things I would never understand about this city is this town goes so crazy when Donovan when Donovan smiles when he you know just all this all the extracurricular stuff like. The tapping on the shoulder and stuff, on his shoulder and stuff. Cause I get, I'm guessing like maybe because he didn't, he's not a Philadelphia type of guy. Like he's not. A, I, I guess people don't associate him with a blue collar personality. Like people forget that he basically carried the offense up until To got here. Like you said earlier, and it's funny when you bring up the fact that you know the defense. In those big spots in that Super Bowl, they came up pretty small too. Well, and then all I all I keep bringing back is that chant, man. If there was a year that the Eagles felt, there were two years where it felt like it was destiny. There was the the Super Bowl year, but then there was the year that they played the Cardinals in a championship game, yeah. and we weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, and we got in on that last day, and all yeah. of a sudden everything was going the right way, and there was that Cardinals game, and we were down at the half, and McNabb somehow leads us to the lead, and we're like, oh my god. It's going to happen, and the defense blew it. And, you know, it's just like it's sometimes you just don't win, and sometimes the other team plays better, and that's what, you know. But you, know what it is, but you know what it is, Spike? Like, people, you know, point to his, you know, single throw. And, yes, did Donovan miss the wide-open hang basket? I get it. Did he Did he not convert on, the, you know, from the 50-yard line with under two minutes ago? I get that. But what, like, Let's not forget the entire seven-minute drive with the Cardinals where Edger and James bulldozes over a guy into the end zone and they couldn't get a stop on third down. Or, you know, the Super Bowl, you go back and, you know, they couldn't stop the halfback screen. And, you know, just like it's it's a team game. And it just seems like throughout Donovan's career, it was either his fault or, you know, Andy's fault for whatever reason. And now, of course, I'm going to come across as a, Andy apologists, which is you know even worse. Well, they but, all had a. The, the truth is, they all had a part in it. I mean, that was they, they, he didn't win. You know, there are a lot of teams that don't win the Super Bowl, and um, and they were they were one of them. They've been one of them for several years. Uh, I you know I just it's it it's been you know we've we've all beaten it to death, and we'll all beat it to death for the next several years. I just I just. I wish we would stop. And the other thing that you brought up that I think is hilarious is when people talk about this whole Philly type of guy, BS and nonsense, which is we have completely made up this blue collar <laughs> attitude. These guys get paid. 
so much money. You can't be blue collar when you're making $15 million a year. You can't. Yeah. It doesn't exist. None of these guys are blue collar. We don't care. We're such liars. We, we talk about, let me tell you something, man. And now, now you set me off. Philadelphia is such, we're such a bunch of frauds and liars when we talk about this whole Philadelphia attitude thing. Look, if we were, if we, these current Sixers, if we were so about blue collar, these guys that just go in and get, do the dirty work, and th we would love these Sixers whether they won the championship or not, because all they do is they go and they play defense and they play a team game, and you know they don't care about individual stars and so on and so forth. But we're, we're all ready to fire the coach and and break the team up and start for nothing because there's uh well we're not going to get a ring. We need a superstar. Really? <laughs> we you. Yeah. In Philadelphia, this town where all we do is we talk about, um, you know, we don't like that kind of thing, and we want we want these Philly type of guys. We have this team full of Philly type of guys, Thaddeus Young and Elton Brand and Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala plays defense and doesn't look to score points and doesn't get what? And yeah, but he's, he's not a he's Philly most, type of guy, you know? He's, he's, he's like he's the most non-selfish person on the team, but for some reason this city. Love Reggie Evans more than they love Iguodala. Yeah. It's like, are you, what? Are you serious? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Thank you for the call, Warren. I appreciate your support, brother. Yeah. Um, this this Philly Philly type of guy is is and and in the same breath we'll talk about well all we really do is we really care about a championship but you got to be a Philly type of guy and you got to you got to show us that you're like us and you understand us and you get us and blah 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 and Jimmy Rollins is a Philly type of guy. I'm so sick of talking about this made-up concept of Philly type of guy. Jimmy Rollins is a Philly type of guy when we like him, but when he's calling us bandwagon fans, then he's not a Philly type of guy. Then he doesn't get us, and then we're going to boo him. But when he's when he's smiling and singing happy birthday at the spring training game, and then he's he's the Philly type of guy, and then he gets us. When we decide that, when we decide that we don't like um, Ryan Howard or Cole Hamels, that's when we decide we like Jimmy Rollins, and he's a Philly type of guy. Get out of here. We like guys who are good at sports and win games. That's what a Philly type of guy is. And if you think it's anything otherwise, you're you're kidding yourself. You're lying. You're lying to make yourself maybe you feel like a better person because you feel like, or you feel more about this city. If anything has taught you that the Philly type of guy thing is a myth, it is the last three years of the Phillies where we have whined and cried that we want the biggest free agent and the biggest trade thing. We don't know anything about whether they're a Philly type of guy or not. Anything. You think we care? We don't care. We just care if you're good. That's all you we want. That's the Philly type of guy if you're good. Blue collar nonsense. I have more blue collars than any athlete in this silly city has. And I only have two. One of them's dirty. 888-729-9494. I'm Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 115. This is the new sports radio. 94 WIP. I'm Spike Eskin, 888-729-9494. Big Daddy Graham coming up at Twitter. We'll call it, give Big Daddy Graham a Twitter lesson. 
for about three minutes right before he starts his show, and then he can he doesn't need to continue that into his program. But we're gonna you're gonna be here for Big Daddy Graham Twitter lesson. Speaking of Twitter, uh, Mark Rosetta just said that um, Iguodala did leave with that eye injury, and then he said on Twitter that he's okay. That he was a little blurry for a while, but he's okay. Um, which is interesting to me that he did that today. The they printed and we put them on CBSPhilly.com, but the. In the last collective bargaining agreement they agreed to in November in baseball, there are new guidelines, there are official guidelines. They didn't have in there before for social media, for players, for Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus or whatever. And one of the things that's prohibited, there's a whole list of prohibited things, and I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit, but one of the things that is prohibited is uh, giving out injury information. I wanted to say Google Plus. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Anyway, um, one of the things you're not allowed to do, I was making a joke to myself when I did it, and you called me on it. Um, one of the things you're not allowed to do is give out injury information without uh, without permission from your team. So, you know, if Andre Iguodala was playing baseball, but gave out without proper authorization, gave out his in, gave out an injury update, he could be in violation of these Twitter rules. If I was in majorly and they can fine you and whatever if i was a baseball player and i had a twitter account i'd certainly i'd keep this in my back pocket um certainly when i went out to bars before i did anything stupid uh financial information medical information strategic information um it's crazy uh all the things that you have to monitor now the world is going to hell in a handbasket Mike, you're on 94WIP. What's up, Mike? Mike, how you doing, man? A long time, no talk. Hey, what's up, dude? I would just remember you from the days, man, of 94 when it was 94, you know what I mean? Oh, th- those uh, days. Yeah, we've been around uh, for a long time. It's nice to hear familiar voice. I actually uh, just moved back. I moved up to York a few months ago. I'm back in town for the holidays, and I put 94 on it. I knew they were, you know, they were WIP now, but uh, I was like, wow, it's nice to hear a familiar voice. Yeah. yeah, well, it's nice to hear a familiar voice, too. Yeah, it's crazy, man. As, as, as old as I, the years keep passing, and 94 keeps changing, but I keep, I'm still here. If you're a fan, you're a fan, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's just weird hearing you say that. Say the Askin Park, you know. I know it's you and Howard song, but it's it's just weird hearing you say the Askin Park. Yeah, well, it's it's funny when you do because I work for uh, for 1060 too. I work for KYW, and right. they don't play with the whole you don't have a last name thing. <laughs> when you're when you're a journalist, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, you're Spike, really? Okay, so yeah, yeah. I'm the journalist name, right, Spike? Right? Yeah, yeah. At least they they let me get away with the Spike thing, so so I'm nice enough to use the S. I'm uh, considerate enough to use the Askin thing. Uh, so I'm up in New York, and it's all Pittsburgh and uh, a lot of Ravens fans up there. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a four-for-four guy up there. I represent real well up there. You know, there's some Eagles fans up there, but it's not a lot of it. And uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I, 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 I came home today, and I, I got a daily news for the first time because papers up there are just terrible. Not the trash York or anything, but, uh, you know, no, no daily news, that's for sure. And, um it, why the Eagles are scouting a quarterback? From what I understand, on uh, in the draft. Well, you know, it's um, it's funny when uh, when these things come out. Uh, you you sometimes wonder whether they come out um, because the the Eagles wanted you to come out, wanted them to come out. Like yeah. anything that you hear pre-draft day, that's a rumor about the like. I think one thing we should know about the Eagles is that they. 
they're tight-lipped, right? So when we when we hear, hear that Doug Peterson is going down to Texas to work out Ryan Tannehill, who is the the quarterback for Texas A and M, that they're sending they're sending Peterson, but we find out they didn't send Banner, they didn't send Roseman, and they didn't send Reed. Then and he's he's supposed to go top five in the draft. Then what are we supposed to? Something tells me that they wanted that information to get out one way or the other. Um, no trade bait action, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, but like I think sometimes it's not about who they're talking about getting; it's about who they're not talking about getting. And I think sometimes it's as much about throwing off, throwing people off the scent of things, you know, so th- so they don't know them. Sometimes it's like if you if you're if I. If I'm stealing something from you with my right hand, right, right. what I want to do is start waving my left hand crazy. That way you're not going to pay attention to my right hand. So sometimes right. I think the Eagles do things to distract us from what's really going on. So um, now one one point that Roseman made, Howie Roseman was on with Anthony and Glenn one day, is that he said, look, Andy Reid comes from a system in Green Bay where they take a, they took a quarterback every single year. Yeah. And, and, the, and, you know, and they took Kevin Cobb here. When Donovan McNabb was not in his prime prime, but still a, a, a very good quarterback, and they they like Kevin Cobb, so they took Kevin Cobb in the second round or whatever. So I don't think it's completely unlikely that they take a quarterback, uh, sure, especially it's because they always give value for the quarterback that they draft, whether they right. play well or not. You know what I mean? Right. So even if they keep him in the system. They- for you know three years and develop him and make people think that he's good but uh and especially with when you think when you when you know about that mike vick's contract is essentially they they decide after this year whether they want to keep mike vick they only owe him two years they might not have mike vick anymore but yeah well that's what i'm saying they 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 only owe they only owe vick like a million and a half after this year so essentially this contract can be over the thing that makes me uh think that the tanel thing is is bs is because he's got it Every everyone has said that Cleveland is ready to take him at four. So if Cleveland needs a quarterback and isn't going to take him at four, then you're going to have to offer him your first this year, probably your first next year, your second this year. They're going to have to offer so many picks, like, and that's not Eagles, you know, that's not Eagles style to give up all that for a quarterback. So I think it was, I think it was nonsense. I I do think you'll probably see the Eagles take take a quarterback maybe in the first three rounds, but I can't imagine that they're trading up into the top five to get to get a quarterback. I'd be right. shocked. So let me ask you another question. Um, the the major now. I, listen, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not from up there. But that, uh, these people up in this area, they talk like they know football, and you know, they say I, I'm a sucker fan and all that stuff. Donovan McNabb is what people are saying, and I actually think I might even heard it down here um, that people were talking about maybe signing Donovan as a backup. Nah. I'm the type of believer that. Listen, he added his career on a bad note, but quarterbacks are system guys. Like, it's just like the Peyton Manning thing. I'm not saying he's not going to succeed in Denver, but quarterbacks that succeed tend to be system guys. You know, like, you look at Press Bar, the teams that he played for, the systems that he went and played for, he had his best success in the systems that he grew up on West Coast. When he played for the Jets, not so well. You know, he went to Minnesota, West Coast system, played well. You know, Donovan, West Coast system, played well. Not Mike Shanahan's West Coast, per se, but... You know, system guys tend to play better in the systems that they know, you know. So yeah, is, it a, I just, is it a bad thing for him for them to sign him? I'm all for it. I was a Donovan fan. No. I, mean, I wasn't a guy that trashed him. You know, he just he didn't win. He just didn't win the big game. It's just that Andy hasn't won it either. So I 
can't really say a whole lot there either, you know? Yeah, I think, look, man, if it was, if you strip all of the baggage away, if you uh-huh. strip everything that everyone ever said, is it a, a finite? Sure, sure. We'd, be, we'd be better than Trent Edwards or Mike Kafka, but yeah. um, you can't strip all that away. And I don't think that he... Look, I think it's unlike the reason he doesn't have a job right now is because he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. So I think it's unlikely that he would agree to be a backup quarterback in the place that said he's not good enough. I just I, I just can't imagine with all of my being that 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 either side that Andy or Donovan, I, I just I, I would be I would be more than shocked, more than shocked. Right, that he right, came back. Right. So. All right, so my third thing is because I'm right. not hearing a whole lot of Jason Peters. What are they thinking they're going to do? They don't know. Do they have any idea? Any, well, any rumors floating? D- Demetrius Bell was here over the weekend, and he seems pretty intent on visiting all the teams he was going to visit. I mean, I, I remember when uh, when my dad tweeted out that Demetrius Bell was going to visit here, and Rube was like, well, he's not leaving Pittsburgh without a deal. He left Pittsburgh without a deal, and then he left here without a deal. I think Demetrius Bell is pretty... Pretty locked in on seeing um, on seeing what everybody has to offer him. What you have to remember with whoever you sign here, whether whether you move Harriman's to the other, whether whether you move Harriman's to the left side and then sign a right tackle, or right. you move, which I think is unlikely. I think they'll just sign a left tackle. But is that they? I think they expect J- Jason Peters. Is Achilles injury is something that you recover from, not yep. this year, but next year. So I think they expect if Jason Peters is the best tackle in football and maybe one of the best tackles, and maybe one of the best tackles of all time, they're going to want him back. So you can't go and overspend because then you're screwing yourself for next year. So I I, I think I had um, Shil Kapadia on 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 Saturday and he agreed that the loss is huge, but he's not. He's like, look, you you still have all the other pieces of a good line in. Uh, yeah, they have the depth there for the first time in a long time with all that young talent they have, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a big loss, but I think they're going to be all right. So I, I, I let you go, Mike. I gotta I gotta take my next. Thank you, Parker. Do you man? Take care. Send your best to your dad. You too, brother. And good, right, good luck boy. in York. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. All uh, right. See you, man. All right, later. Uh, James, you're on ninety-four WIP. James, Jim. Sorry, I was on speaker. Oh, it's right. Whoa. Yeah. There you go, man. Um. No, actually, uh, it was funny. The first time I ever heard of you, um, I actually want to talk about Doug Collins and, and uh, you know, his, his lack of playing Evan Turner. He's actually had a history of this. I just want to go to this real quick. He, he's, yeah, when he, you know, when he played, when he was a coach for the Bulls, he kind of wore out the, the players on the team. Yeah, he did the same thing and, in Detroit, and he did the same yeah. thing in Washington, yeah. He just kind of wears on players after a while. And I, I didn't. It's funny, like how how quickly the love affair has gone. You know. <laughs> yes, it has. And, it, and I love Doug Collins. I mean, it's it's, it's weird. Like you, you were saying, you were mentioning earlier. It's, it's so weird. Like you don't want to say anything bad about the guy because he. He's like, truly a good guy, and you truly like him. But there but comes a point feeling, where. He puts his feelings out there way too much. <laughs> I think he's way too emotional. I guess you know. I guess it does wear wear on the players and. You can tell that I think the guys are mentally worn out. I mean, uh, sure, Thaddeus Young, I mean, he's played way too many minutes. And 
a lot of guys on the team have, but as far yeah, you know, I think guys are more mentally worn out from them at this point. Yeah, well, I think you know you can only get so many times of like you know that the whole um t- um up at he had a quote it was on Liberty Ballers the other day. If you if you like if you're a Sixers fan, you should go to LibertyBallers dot com. They have a a collection a post that's all these Doug Collins quotes, and one of them is just like you know I didn't fall asleep until four a.m. and then I lied in bed until four in the afternoon thinking about how I can make this team better, and eventually it's like. Bro, it's enough. If you're one of his players and you're getting a text at four in the morning and yeah. he's saying, "Well, I don't think you're coming off the screen the right way. You want to take your phone and throw it out the window." It's, it's just it's, it's not enough. just that. It's the way it's you know every game is live or die. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's you know it, it sometimes it doesn't seem like you can you know let, let one game just do one game and let it go. Well, and you just you can't keep up that pace. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that and, there's uh, no one? Yeah. So. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is that yeah, I remember uh, when when um, when you I guess when '94 changed formats. Yes. Um, Howard Stern, I you know had a satellite radio, and he I guess he caught you. He spoke with you. Yeah. For, yeah. How was that? I mean, was it pretty neat interviewing him? I mean, you're in radio. I mean, it was. You know, why don't I do this? Here, here, James, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to take a break, and then I'll come back and say what it was like to interview, because I have to go to break now, but I'm going to come back and give the whole thing of what it was like to talk to Howard. Uh, yeah, Stern I'd definitely like to call again, because I have other questions for you. you got yeah, a pretty yeah. interesting uh, career. Yeah, I'll be, call back. I'll be here for a while, all right? All right. Thanks, all right, Thanks, James. Yes, on, on my last day here of the other format, I did get to – I listened to Howard Stern growing up, and I got to interview Howard Stern for half an hour. Uh, and it was amazing. Um, and I will tell you all about it next. Uh, my name is Spike Eskin. Big Daddy Graham coming up at 2. 94 WIP Sports Time is one thirty-seven. Football Station, the new sports radio 94 WIP. They take out the... Ugh. I'm Spike Eskin. Going to get a, um, a Doug Collins. You can't do that with that one. You can't. Yeah. Uh, I can give you a Doug Collins sleepless update from my man Dan. How much sleep Doug Collins is going to get, he'll tell you in a, in a few minutes. But I promised the uh, last caller, James, was it? I promised the last caller I'd, I'd tell him what it was like. He mentioned that I, I spoke to Howard Stern on the air here when it, you know, when it switched from the other thing to this thing. And I did. There were rumors. That they had informed me the day before that there was a possibility that Howard Stern might call here. Um, and, uh, you know, and I would be the one. I'd be on the air when it happened. And that last day, I was on the air here the whole day from, you know, 5 in the morning until um, until it went off. And I got the, the warning five minutes before, and Howard Stern called. And I grew up listening to Howard Stern. And when I say I grew up, I mean, you know, from 13 until uh, he left, I listened to Howard Stern every day, the whole show. And if I couldn't listen to it, I taped it. So he was, you know, between the Howard in my family and that Howard, there were two guys that pretty much shaped how I thought of radio. Uh, so it, I've worked here for so long to get to talk to him on the last day of that radio station was pretty amazing. The amazing thing about Howard Stern talking to him was that he has the, the reason he's such a great interv- interviewer is because he has this instinct, this, this way about him that makes you feel comfortable. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make you feel comfortable. So when I was interviewing him, him, 
I think his natural instinct to try to make me comfortable and interview me came out. So I had him on the phone and he asked me the first few questions and it just instantly, I was so nervous and I felt like the whole city was listening to me in the office. I looked out of the windows and everybody in the office stopped when they heard his voice, you know, on this frequency because it hadn't been in so long. Um, and they all stopped and I saw, but it put me at ease and I talked to, Howard for about a half an hour uh, about the state of radio and what it was like for him and uh, we worked through the whole thing together and it was a really neat thing and I have it all I never plug my own website because it's not what I'm here for but if you go to spikeeskin.com and search Howard Stern the whole interview is up there and you can listen to it and download it it's, it's really interesting and then the next Monday on his show on satellite radio he pretended not to remember what my name was he called me Skip uh, and he told me my plan of starting my own he said that starting the plan of my own website would be a failure and I needed to get a real job well ha 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 Howard Stern to have a real job so you know, I came out fine. And people can hear me on regular radio. So, yeah. so, Dan, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. Uh, cool story, by the way. Yeah. How do you th- how do you think Doug's doing right now? Um, he lost. I don't think there's been a big era thinking about this. Faster fall for grace, fall from grace for me personally in Philadelphia sports since I was 13 years old and Bobby Hoying. In 1997, <laughs> I honestly thought he was going to be. I got his Bobby Hulling jersey. I thought he was going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. After he, I remember there was a game against the Bengals where he, I think the Eagles scored like 45 points, and uh, you, you know what happened to Bobby Hulling. It wasn't pretty, but I mean, it was. He, Doug Collins, lost me with the. He woke up at four in the morning, weeks ago, months ago, uh, because he was worried about Andre Iguodala making the all-star team (laughs) that's when i knew yeah it was over and it becomes look the thing is is that i believe him you know is that i all of this stuff all of these things that he says i believe he's genuine i believe all of these things but what happens is is that when you hear it like for the fifth time and when when the context is around losing and instead of around when it it all just becomes it goes from it goes from that that hot girl that you're dating it you know the fact that she leaves her uh, towel on the floor after showering it goes from being cute oh she's just like a guy to being like oh yeah, why does she leave her towel on the floor? You know, it's that little cute thing about Doug that we thought was so adorable in the beginning. It just becomes, it starts to grate on you. Yeah. And actually, I noticed that what really struck me was, uh, you know, after his 400th win, he told that story at the end of his press conference about his grandson crying in the bathroom and praying for him before the game. Stuff like that. If that happened two years ago, I would have been like, well, that, what a great story. I mean, Doug Collins, you got to love the guy. I mean, what yeah. a great story. I love stuff like that. But I actually rolled my eyes and kind of changed the channel. I was like, hey, <laughs> did that really just, I mean, seriously, Doug, did you really need to do that? You know, I can only imagine how grating he is on the players. The players yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I just don't understand why he promised he was going to change. I don't. I guess people just don't change. It's who he is. He's 60. You know, when you, when you, when you're sick, the only way that you change when you're at that age is if you're dying. You know, it's like, why, yeah. why is he going to change? Like, Nobody how is ever he, changes. Yeah. Walk of life, I think, is what we learned. Like, if you're not going to, if, if you don't have, I mean, Evan Turner's never going to be a good shooter. He's not going to change that. 
Well, and you know what it is? He's he's never going to be – I think you can change – I don't know that you can change your personality. You, you can, can change style. You can change habits. Yeah. I, genes, but if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of bored with the Sixers, to be honest. I really was thinking about this. I really wish that the schedule would have been reversed and they would have started off terribly and then reeled off, you know, played the Wizards 11 times to end the season, you know, and reeled off a 20-9 stretch. Well, and the season, I would have been a lot more excited. Because right now, I'm just kind of, kind of bored to be honest. I never thought I'd say that, but I just, I, I know where this, I've seen this movie eleven times, and I know what's going to happen. Yeah, for the Heat in five, I'm maybe not, four. Stop. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bored. I'm, I, I still love basketball, and I, I do like a lot of their players, and I do want to see how this ends. And I, you know, I, I you do know want, how it's going to end. Well, we all know how it's going to end. You're going uh, well, to. Well, but, but there could be. <laughs> could be what? I mean, I they could play the Bulls. I, the Bulls could drop to the two seed, maybe, and Derrick Rose could stay injured. And there we could get up to the six and play Orlando. You know, I don't. It's not. Uh, you know, everybody seems resigned to the fact that it's the four or the seven. With with five and six, like the Indiana and Atlanta are are. You know, did you see Indiana night? They just, I mean, uh, Danny Granger was doing the Steve Novak belt uh, from the oh, was he? Hitting threes. It was fantastic, actually. Cause I don't, like the Knicks, but I mean the Heat, the Knicks, Indiana's legitimate. I mean, Indiana would beat the Sixers. I guess, but it, it would be six games. I don't know. Uh, Look, uh, man, here's the thing with Doug is that that it, he, he is who he is. We wanted to believe that he was different, but I will say that that I, I'm I am I am clearly separating the coach from the guy, and the guy is a, truly a genuine great guy, and he cares, and he's working hard. But it just this, and his roster is limited. I it is. I, 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 if you could yeah. have any other coach in there, and they would not have. Maybe they'd have what one more win. You know who's going to have more wins? But the the thing is, is that it's not what we thought it was. It isn't, and that's that's the realization. I, I agree. Last thing, if you, I mean, this would never happen. But uh, next year, if I gave you the choice, Doug Collins or John Calipari, who would you want to coach the Sixers? I, I, I would always, I would have always said Doug Collins. And now, if you, you ask me, I would let's give John Calipari a shot. Let's see what he's got in the NBA. Again. Well, he never has to deal with players for more than one year. So uh, I, I agree, but I think he understands the modern player. Doug is so out of touch with just he's lost his mind. He just mm-hmm. needs to. Shrink or something. He needs something. Medicine. He needs medication. <laughs> if he would ever just go on medication and just calm down, he we'd have something. But you know, it's, it's not happening. The, the assumption that Calipari can deal with an 18-year-old freshman who knows he's leaving the next year and an NBA player making 20 million dollars are very—that's a very big leap you're making, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'd give it a shot. I mean, I—I I would give it a shot. I, I really think that. I mean, I the New Jersey's roster was limited when Calipari was there. I mean, we he's forget that. He's a scumbag. That. I don't. He, he is a scumbag. But I mean, uh, Doug Collins is the Bobby Hoying of <laughs> basketball. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh damn! Get Adam Aaron on the phone and just tell him to get. I I get. There's got to be a good shrink in the area that'll just talk to Doug <laughs> and say, "Calm down." He because he he there's the tools are there. He could. Ah, uh, it just makes me a little upset. All right, I gotta go. I'll see you. I'll see you, Dan. My Dan, man. Dan calls up every week. More and more concerned. He it was concerned about he he was always concerned about Doug, and I he was always like, man, he looks like he's taking it too seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And, but Dan just hit the point where he's like, 
I'm sick of it. I don't even want to look at them anymore. Well, that's that's going to be uh, how I'm starting off my program after I talk to Kyle Scott of Crossing Broad and after I uh, finish talking to you. Uh, forget the Twitter thing. I just just forget it. Adam, you, you have no idea who you're up against. The <laughs> dumbest man on the planet. You're not I, dumb. No, believe you can't me. Be. No, I am. There's certain stuff that I'm just unbelievably dumb with. You couldn't do it in three minutes. I have. I got everything here. I brought my laptop. I got this. Remember, everything I send out on Twitter starts as a Facebook. I've never sent anything out from Twitter. Uh. I send it out from Facebook. I've been getting attacked by this guy uh, sending me Facebook messages saying, what are you trying to be hip, writing like a kid? Like instead of T-O-N-I-G-H-T, I'll put the two uh, N-I-T. So you can fit it in. So I can tweet. fit everything I want to say. It's got nothing to do with me trying to be hip. <laughs> that big daddy grab, he's so yeah, hip. He I uses numbers well, instead of words. Well, so I got to get this, I got this classic <laughs> Phillies jacket from the 50s, and I bought it at Mitchell and Ness. Way before Ruben got, uh, Ru Big Rube got connected with Mitchell and Ness. A million years ago, I got it. And then the Mitchell and Ness thing exploded, and the hip-hop took it over. And then when I would wear the jacket, it would be, yo, bit, yo what, who do what you think you are? Come, yeah. come on already. You know how old you are? And I've had this jacket. I've had it for a million years. So, no, I, I'm not going to. But you, you did a couple things here we must talk about. One, I thought of you Saturday night. I, it was... The, the, I wish I had this. I should have filmed the conversation because uh, sometimes we forget here at IP that there are some people who don't care about sports at all in, in the world. There are some that yeah. just, just don't care about it at all. Yeah. And I opened up for uh, Tommy James and the Shondells oh, on wow. Saturday night. Still had a great voice. I mean, his catalog of hits is... I mean, uh, you know, Moni Moni, I think we're alone now, are songs that'll never go away. Yeah. You know, like forever. You know, so I, I'd like to have written those too, you know. And he's got a bunch of others. But after the show, I was actually on my, on, on my, on my way out. And the person who introed me said, uh, you know, you can hear, you know, Monday through Friday on 94 WIP and blah, blah, blah. And I went out to my set and Tommy James, he came up to me and goes, he goes, wait a minute. You, 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 you mean 94WYSP? I said, no, not 94WIP. And he said, what happened? He goes, why are there people talking on there? <laughs> and it was dead serious. And I felt for him because if yeah. somebody's grown up in this town, it was a great music station. I mean, here I am. I'm on it. Thrilled to be on it. You're thrilled to be on it. Yeah. Uh, and I dig the fact that we're an FM and all that. But am I going to blow somebody off who, who comes up to me and says... You know, I really loved why is the other thing. So yeah. did I. Yeah. I mean I I grew up with you know, the fact that it was, you know, MMR and YSP, you know, it, it kinda like there was a battle kind Yeah, of, it was a whole and, thing. It and is. we benefited. The music lover benefited from yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you know? And uh it was and the guy just couldn't you know, couldn't count some guy. If if you haven't paid attention the whole time, and if you're the you know his age, the concept that people would take FM and just talk on it is insane to them. It it doesn't make any sense that you would just take a, an an FM signal, which to them all it just means in their head is music. That's all it's ever meant, uh, and just talk on it is an insane concept. What is this inspired by the guy I heard talk, call you on my way in? Who used to listen to yes, you here the when it was yep. music? Yeah, and I'm going. You know what? There's a whole heck of a lot of people out there like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, and we got to get them. Yeah, well, you I know mean, what I mean. I, I, we, I now want them to listen to me. Well, the you thing know, about those people is that they're the same 
you know, when I was the other station and I were talking between records, most of the time I would just talk about sports. Yeah. You oh. know, it was just like, it's, it's the same guy. You I know, will tell you who I get in big arguments with all the time. It is the same guy. The same guy who we, who will argue, you know, on, on, on whether or not it should be Luck or RG3 to be the first. He'll argue if Eddie Van Halen or John Frisconti yeah. from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is the better guitar player. It is the same guy. Yeah. Now, there are the rare birds. You know, you got Keith Jones, who absolutely never listens to music. Yeah. Ever. yeah absolutely yeah. ever. And then you got, you know, uh, guys like the other night who, I don't understand. Where's my music? Why you're talking what sports. God's yeah. name are you folks talking about? I'm, I'm really uh, livid about it. All right. Uh, I, I assume you know uh, the answer to this since you used the expression on the way in. It's one of my all-time favorite expressions. Uh, I even thought you were a little young to use it, to tell you the truth. I, I can't uh, remember what it is, but I remember using whatever. How in a handbag. <laughs> yeah. okay. And he used it. My mother used to use it all the time. Yeah. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I used to go, Mom, what the hell does that mean? And she would never tell me. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to tell me either. I have no idea. No idea. No. Either do I. No. I, I use this other phrase that I don't even know what it means. I say, ah, that guy doesn't know red from hell. I don't even know what it means. I what is it from hell? I don't know red. For, he doesn't doesn't know red from hell. I've never heard that. Okay, I used that one. Like I heard how I, yeah, hell in a handbasket. Who's I, going to hell in a handbasket? Yeah, why would you go to? Yeah, I have no idea. You'd think it would burn. Now handbasket is like little red ribbon, ribbon yeah. or whatever, the kind of yeah, like, like a, a wicker, wicker looking thing. And yeah, I don't know. And people are going to hell in those. I how said do you it. Even fit in one. I said it, and I think I chuckled right after I said it because I realized how I no, ridiculous did. it sounded yeah. coming yeah. out of my mouth. It's yeah. like uh, it's like the other one. Uh, you know. When people say it's the greatest invention since sliced bread, yeah, I'm going. Well, let's just see. How about the iPhone? How about yeah. air conditioning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, HD TV, uh, the internet, whatever. You know, yeah. but it's always sliced bread. Yeah, the greatest invention of all. The greatest invention since. All right, I'm being yeah. yelled at by him. It's time to get out of. He will show me how to do this. All right, and it'll be easy, and I'll be a big expert yeah. by the by the time uh, next time we talk. The greatest invention since uh, Big Daddy Graham knowing how to use Twitter <laughs> and sliced bread. Thanks to. Uh, Raheem, is Raheem's last name Burton? Is that what it is? Vernon, Raheem, Raheem Vernon, Vertin. By the way, that's your bag over there, right? Yes. You got a dog, cat, white cat, one. Yeah. I saw. I, I put my wood in that. I was like covered with hair. Is it? No, that's actually from a, a, an old lady we keep in the basement. She oh, sheds, good. but the. <laughs> okay. I, I do have. A cat. I'm not going to go there. Right? <laughs>